Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Conversations That Heal. This is your host, Susan Jacoby. I hope you're enjoying these inspirational interviews, and I hope they're helping you to discover how to make the decision to overcome childhood trauma, develop self-love, and live a life of peace and joy. I would like to welcome guest Janine Zunk. The last Wednesday of every month, Janine will be sharing her wealth of information on self-love and how we can build our connection to our higher selves and our angels, which allows us to enrich our daily lives. On today's episode, we are talking about building peace within your own heart. Do you know how to live your life from a place of peace in your heart? Maybe you don't feel worthy of finding that peace. Maybe you simply don't know what it looks like or how to bring peace into your heart. Janine is a spiritual living coach for intuitive women. She helps people who feel self-doubt, fear, and shame reconnect with their inner divine self. Janine is sharing her immediate action steps. Janine is sharing immediate action steps that will help you move forward to finding the peace that is in your heart. To learn more about Janine, visit her website at namastelivingonline.com. N-A-M-A-S-T-E. Namaste livingonline.com. Welcome, Janine, to Conversations That Heal. I'm I'm so honored you can be part of our show. Thank you for committing to being with us. Absolutely. It's always an honor to join you and your, your tribe. It's totally fun. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I want to start off by talking to you about finding peace in our hearts. The, the reason I want to start off with this conversation is because I think it's a fundamental place that people either they don't know that they have it, they don't know they're entitled to it, or perhaps they they have found peace in their heart, but they want to explore it deeper. And one of the reasons that really also intrigued me about this was I was preparing for this show, I was looking at and I was thinking, wow, I have been in every single stage, the stage of, of not believing that I was entitled to have peace in my heart, like it wasn't even a concept that I was worthy of. And through the years of healing, I became intrigued by it and curious about it, but still not recognizing it already being there in, with me. And then through the years now, I have found that peace in my heart and remain curious on how I can develop a stronger peace, a stronger connection to my heart. And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about this, to help our listeners with this new concept or build a stronger uh, connection to their heart. Absolutely. I love how you define different stages of going from non-existent to a consistent experience and it's um it was nice to hear 
it describes so eloquently. <laughs> it's a great way to describe it. So thank you for kind of putting it in that that pattern form because it's a very common pattern form. So just wanted to recognize that because <laughs> I hadn't heard well, it said that great before. So thank you. And you know, it also brings up it also brings up another part of the conversation that I want to just throw out there is this connection of being in our head living in our head versus living in our heart and everything that I shared was directly coming from my heart and not in my head and it's like a I think like it's a 13 or 19 inch difference between your brain and your heart so there's just a lot of things that we can uh, talk about Um, I'll I'll pass the mic to you so to speak uh, because I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about all this the path that you described for yourself was very similar to the same path I went through of not believing it was possible for me and then wondering how it could be possible for me and, you know, exploring ways to get there. And once I kind of had a taste of it, then it would turn into how can I have this all the time? And and then now every day it's a, it's a natural state for me to be in, but it's, you still have to practice it. You still have to choose it in order to keep it because I could very easily fall back into, you know, old patterns or old habits that would put me in a state of non-peace. And that's not to say that, you know, I'm forever in peace. You know, things happen in my world. People die, dogs run away, you know, kids cry, whatever. Things happen. It's life. No matter what happens, I now have the confidence in the tools that I've learned that literally within five minutes I can stop and bring myself back to center, to grounded, to back in my heart, like you said. And so the worry, the craziness, the, you know, I call it the crazy head space where you're up in your head and running around and stressing out, that all goes away within minutes. And to know that even if I go into the crazy space, all I have to do is stop and pull out my tools. It's the greatest confidence there is. So I think forever peace, I don't know if it's um, in a human experience, if like permanent peace is totally possible in the ups and downs. I would assume it is because we're spiritual beings, but I'm still working towards that because, you know, I still spin. (laughs) It's knowing to come back. Exactly. I agree with you. I mean, there's been times where Janine and I will be talking and, and Janine will say like, okay, take a deep breath and get out of your head or, you know, and, and that's so true because, because I can tell a difference and, and it's not like I live my life a hundred percent in my heart. I think that I would feel too uh, vulnerable if, if I did that, but just to have that awareness, I mean, awareness is key to, to how to live your life. It's, it's a choice. Absolutely. And I, a key thing I used to think is, you know, I lived all in my head and not in my heart. And then I shifted thinking, oh, the head must be bad because fear actually lives in your head. So I must never live in my head. And I lived fully from my heart. But the challenge with that is I've never felt grounded in that energy because it felt imbalanced to me. And everybody will be different as far as what feels like a good balance. But I'm very much a 50-50 girl. So I am 50% totally logical, 50% totally spiritual, woo-woo, 
heart-based. So I can't have one without the other and actually have my life operate smoothly. And I do know people who live 90% in the heart and 10% in the head, and it works perfect for them. But for me, it's way too imbalanced. I need that intellectual, logical, step-by-step pattern and processing to feel grounded in the heart-based decisions and choices that I'm making. So if you're out there and you're one, you know, you're feeling a little off balance, maybe you're just relying on one of the the head or the heart more than that's right for you. And so it's a matter of just kind of playing around and seeing, oh, you know, where is my balance? Where is my center point? And then going with that. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. No, I'm glad you did because as you were talking about that, I was, it reminded me that through my healing, it was very dangerous to go to my heart because my heart, that's where um, for any trauma survivor of, of any kind, that's where you hold your pain. And like I've shared before, like, you know, certain words like entitled or, or shame, you know, it took me years to, um, to hold those words and apply them to me. Because my head understood the definition. It's not like I couldn't read it. But, but bringing it into my heart, it took me years to be able to do that. I understand what you're saying. There's like this balance of have to practice self-care, self-love, which is what part of this is, and also be a little curious and, and adventurous to seeing what your heart, how your heart can also protect you like your your head, your, your mind can protect you. When I learn something new or I learn a new tool or a practice or a philosophy, I learn it in my head, as most people do. We, we learn it. We get the knowledge of it. We get the understanding of it. It gives me the why behind it. I'm very much a why person. Um, so you give me all of that information, and once I can fully grasp the concept logically, then becomes the sometimes very long journey of embodying it within the heart. And like you said, you can know it, but until you allow your heart accepts it until you can step into it living from that vulnerable space and living strong while vulnerable and living confidently strong while vulnerable. I mean, those are all practiced action till it becomes just part of how you live and who you are. You, you can know anything, but you don't really know it until you fully embody it, if that makes sense, because you don't know it experientially. And that's where trauma survivors anyone, but especially people who've been wounded in the heart from having opened it before and trying to live experientially, which is what we do when we're children naturally. We come here open, right? We don't come here guarded. And then through experience, we learn to start guarding and protecting ourselves because the world, the other people, whatever, kind of wounds that. So then all of a sudden we become very protective and we start adding layers and layers and layers to that. And then we turn into, well, now I have to know this and I have to determine it before I'm going to let you near my heart. And so part of recovery is practice reopening that heart and retrusting that you're safe with an open heart. And that could be a very easy or a very long process just depending on, you know, what you need. I 
I kind of like the drip feed method. I'm very slow and steady, <laughs> but I'm consistent. <laughs> I'm not steady, but I'll get there. It's important to hear what Janine's saying because in the end, this is about you have control, you have boundaries uh, on how you want to explore your heart. In the beginning of our conversation, you know, I was talking about, you know, some people don't even believe they're worthy or entitled or that there is even that space to live in your heart. And, you know, all of it is about setting boundaries. You don't have to jump in and and open your heart like, you know, you're having open heart surgery. You set the pace, like you're saying. You know, you set, and you don't have to announce it to the world either. It's just a slow lesson, just, you know, just like what you're saying. What about, what would you say about the people who are intrigued but haven't quite made the connection? Like they know they're entitled to it or they're worthy of living from their heart, but they're not kind of like they know they want to ride a bike, but they just don't know how to ride it. With that, I always suggest approach anything with playfulness, and then when you find something you enjoy playing with, practice it and explore it, just like a child would. So if you want to baby step your way into kind of seeing how it feels to be worthy of feeling peace, what practice kind of draws to you? Is it dancing? Is there creative art? Is there a, a meditation? Is there a person who represents and demonstrates kind of how you want to be that can teach you some practice steps? I think it's all about just exploring because I have some clients who hate meditation. So the minute I men- mention that word, they kind of shut down on me. So I know that's not their path. They're, it's, it's okay. So we talk about, you know, what's it like to go paint that picture every other day. They don't realize in the beginning that's a form of meditation because it's not, you know, sitting in the, the yoga style and chanting a mantra and holding their fingers in a certain position. And all that's crap. It's what works for you and kind of what calms you in the moment. And initially for me, and I don't know if you're experienced, but for me, peace just felt like a calm space that I could breathe, that I could forget whatever stress it was. Sometimes that was a walk in the park. Sometimes that was reading a book in the corner. And so it wasn't anything elaborate, but I didn't realize that was my baby step way into peace. I thought I had to do all these magical steps, but really it was what it feels good to do right now that's just for me and allowing myself the permission to just go do it without guilt and without thinking, oh, I should be doing these million other things, just giving myself space to just, this feels good and I'm going to give this to myself. And it's the one person who most needs to give us permission that we most need to listen to about what's right is ourselves. But we're usually the last person we listen to because we're always seeking others' approval in what we do because it's a society. It's how we're raised. It is what it is. I'm not going to argue that. (laughs) But if you can recognize the hardest person to be honest with and to give permission to is yourself and then pick one thing, one thing this week that you're going to give yourself permission to do, be, or have and let it be okay and and then create space for it in a calendar. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's reading a book, having that ice cream, going for a walk, I don't really care what it is. 
that feel good? Do you feel like your shoulders drop, that you can take that deep breath? And does it feel like, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay right now. I'm not worrying about tomorrow, but right now it feels good and I'm okay. That is actually the first step into pain. I'm glad you gave examples of this. I think it, it, it illustrates, gives people a concrete, what's the word that people use, a tangible direction. For the people who have moved in, and, and I think you might have answered this a little bit, people who have moved into their their heart, how would you suggest they move deeper, build a stronger connection? Um, the first thing I would do is, again, go back to the playful kind of exploring mentality and then notice where in your life you don't feel peace. Notice the moments that send you into to the worry. Notice the moments uh, that, you know, put you, trigger you into a negative mood or, you know, make you crabby or just irritate you or, you know, where is it that you hold your breath? What's happening? Who's showing up? You know, what type of experience are you having? And really kind of almost just step outside the moment and examine it. Is it this particular person? Is it this particular tone of voice? Is it this particular house, this job, this what is it happening out here that's triggering in me so I can practice them? I can look at it and say, oh, so when this person talks to me like this, it drives me crazy. So it's not that person. It's really you saying, okay, this approach doesn't work for me. Oh, now I see it. I get irritated because it feels like I'm being talked down to. But really, this per- that person just likes to always be right. So, okay, that's about them. So next time they talk that way to me, instead of getting mad, I'm just going to look at them like a little child stomping their foot trying to be right. And suddenly you see them like a five-year-old, and it kind of looks funny. <laughs> and then now, it, now you're in peace in the moment because now you see this is a tantrum throwing child in an adult's body and it has nothing to do with you and wow you've just cleared that. You no longer have it no longer pulls pulls you from your peaceful state to be around that person because you realize it's not that person. And it has nothing to do with it. they're just showing you something that you don't like and you can always choose to, you know, reframe it. And approach it differently. And so it's basically that do that in my life every day is if I find, catch myself in a frustrated point or I catch myself worrying in my head, whatever, I stop and say, okay, what's the experience that's causing this? And what can I shift within it? Because my peace is my responsibility. So no one's worth my peace. <laughs> I've learned that over my life. No one is worth my peace. I don't care who you are. I love you all, but no one's worth my peace. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great a great place to be. It is. <laughs> I won't deny that. I also think it's a good place to end our, our time together today. Um, Janine will be back to join us in February. Janine, where can our listeners learn more about you? What's your website? Oh, sure. My website is Namaste Living Online. And I'll spell that out for you. That's N-A-M-A-S-T-E-L-I-V-I-N-G online.com or you can just find me on Facebook at Janine Zump. I'm there. <laughs> I'm everywhere. Excellent. I always enjoy Janine's Facebook post because it gives you a moment to breathe and to take a step back and to bring um, if only for a moment awareness into your life which is a good place to be. And I love to hear that because I'm 
my, my biggest thing is getting more people to breathe. <laughs> we all hold our breath way too much. I love that. Thank you. You're very welcome. Please contact me at Susan at SusanJacoby.com if I can support you on your healing journey. Leave a comment on Blog Talk or iTunes to support us in reaching listeners in search of living a life of peace and joy. Please remember, above all, you are a lovable and capable human being. Thank you for listening to Conversations That Heal.